This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10 for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to fine dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. Hello, shitheads. Before we get started with this episode of High and Mighty, I just wanted to let you know that next week is Thanksgiving, which means next week is also Thanksgiving Eve, the biggest drinking night of the year, which can only mean one thing. Yeah, that's right, boy. The ninth annual High and Mighty Thanksgiving Eve Power Hour live at Dynasty Typewriter, November 22nd at 7.30 p.m. Get your tickets at powerhour.gabris.com or via the Dynasty Typewriter website. I just can't remember the URL off the top of my head that uh, Gabris website just sends you directly there. Um, if you're in town, buy a ticket. You got six days to come see it live. We're selling out shortly. But if you're not in town, you can live stream it and watch it with your friends and your family and play along at home. I recommend doing that. Drink responsibly, but drink responsibly with me, the number one fuck boy. All right. Hope you guys enjoy this episode and next week's Power Hour. Enjoy, shitheads. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuck boy, Johnny G, standing six foot two, two hundred and ninety-seven pounds from the south shore of Nassau County, Long Island. It's John Gabris. All you gotta do is trust me. Jackson Maine from A Star Is Born. Aren't we supposed to figure out a new person to be in this? Aren't you super dated? Abortion is healthcare. Okay, I agree with you there. Thank you very much. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. I'm actually not even recording at home, so Arthur isn't here. But also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, first time guests, legends of the industry, we got James and Chelsea from Dead Meat. Hey. That was pretty obnoxious. Nice, man. Oh, I told that, you. That's incredible. <laughs> you hyped it up as, as an obnoxious <laughs> intro, and yeah, it was up there. I'm glad my, my prep work wasn't a lie. Yeah. I, fa- I found that honesty, upfront honesty works best. <laughs> are those stats true? Are those accurate stats? Those are up-to-date stats. I haven't weighed myself in about a week, but I did add three pounds from the last time I weighed myself based on my behavior. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Nice. Like they, the, the wrestling intros, they're adding weight anyway. Oh, weight yeah. They add, they add inches. Real. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Dude, high school football, when I played, in again, 20 plus years ago, in the program, you put your size, and there was no way this many high school juniors and seniors were six foot tall, two hundred and twenty pounds. But everybody <laughs> yeah. just, right. everybody just, and you want to sound intimidating to the other team. So I think I was like, I mean, I was way smaller back then, so I was probably like two twenty. But I definitely had six two two fifty listed, and I was probably like right. six foot two twenty. Well, it's all <laughs> it's all psyops, man. You got to intimidate the other the opponent. You yeah, gotta, they're gonna be like, "What? Really? It's it, it, it. Where's it all packed?" All right, fuck you, busted me. I'm actually only five five, 110 pounds, but I did. I, I, <laughs> I scream that just to like get in you, get you guys in your head, so I could establish dominance early in the conversation. Exactly. It worked. I'm intimidated. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, listeners of the pod know that I talk to uh, the guests ahead of time to like nail down a subject, and you guys have such like a wide swath of horror movie and horror adjacent stuff that you're interested in, that you're talking about constantly for a living. Uh, it's your brand, as kids would say. It's your vibe. As- it's our aesthetic. It's the aesthetic. It's the aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. It's Yeah, that's more kids. It's your aesthetic. It's your vibe. Uh-huh. We're giving horror. Yeah, you know? it's giving horror. <laughs> uh-huh. Mother and father of horror. Um, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, 100% we get that a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hot. Um, well, uh, I am a horror movie fan and, you know, and haunts and spooky events and, uh, you know, real life ghost stories, paranormal. I'm into all of that shit. But when we were talking, we landed on sort of best and worst horror movie experiences. And this really intrigued me because I haven't seen it yet, but a lot of the talk, the, uh, the buzz around terrifier too, was that. People were having like visceral physical reactions to it. And that got me thinking about like times in seeing movies and shared experiences and what that meant. So when you guys threw that out there, I just wrote back like, fuck yes, let's go. But nice. Shout out to our assistant Fiona for coming up with that idea. Yes, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, you emailed us and I was like, she she was like, they need an idea. And I was like, honestly, Fiona, my brain's just not working right now. So could you just come up with something? And she did. Yeah. I was like, awesome. Great. I was trying to book uh, the uh, the people called dead meat in the late October of Halloween season. So your brain should not be still working at this point. Yes. But let's let's get into it. Because uh, uh, I like you said best and worst. And honestly, mm-hmm. uh, I think mine might be the same. I mean, I've had good and bad experiences, but like, oh, one pin- oh, like. One One encompasses both of those things. Yeah, because worst, I guess, when you're talking about horror movies, that might be added benefit, I guess. Like, at least in the capacity I'm thinking of. You know what? I'll just just kick off, interrupt me whenever, and uh, just while uh, you guys think about what yours experiences might be. I saw... Blair Witch Project in the theater on in 1999. At, oh, nice! At 16 or 17 years old, with my then girlfriend, and pre media training, pre understanding. Uh, you thought it was real. I fully thought I was seeing a documentary. Then, yes. I, like during it, I was like, maybe this isn't. But it didn't matter at that point. I was mm-hmm. so fucking scared and i was into horror movies uh but like they did scare me i do let myself get scared now as an a 40 year old man i have to use like some thc and some you know (laughs) some like uh relaxation techniques to fully get caught up and maybe get scared in a movie 
But when I saw it then, I remember still, and now this is God knows how long ago at this point. This is 20 plus years ago, 25 years ago. I, every time it became daytime in the movie, I felt such a palpable relief in the crowd. Me and my girlfriend at the time, I would be like, we would like huge exhale every time they like survived the night. Mm -hmm. And I was so caught up in the movie. And again, this is where we were hearing buzz that people were fainting. People were barfing. Um, It is an early in the found footage world. So like there's that layer of like that's kind of hard for some people motion sickness wise. And then also just the the visceral like this is real. This is real. And it was such an intense experience. I remember when we went outside and it was still daylight. Cause like we had gone to like a matinee, I like teared up because I was like, thank fucking God. And I'm trying to be a little macho. My girlfriend, uh-huh. my girlfriend's <laughs> like a year older than me and like cool. <laughs> like she smoked cigarettes and had a tongue ring and her parents were divorced and she did kickboxing. And I was like a little surfer nerd. And I was so, <laughs> I was so relieved that it was daylight out. I remember like tearing up thinking like I wouldn't have been able to handle the nighttime and then like hiding this from her not and not fully being my authentic self and being like i was scared shitless trying to have some layer of lying to her and shit and so overall and i've had and and we'll get into more other experiences but that's just the first one that came to mind and it is one of those things i feel like that young kids it's like a weird brag like it's like being at woodstock i saw Mm -hmm. I saw Blair Witch in the theater opening day without understanding it was a movie. <laughs> like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I I was I wasn't old enough to see it in theaters, but I was old enough to to know what it was and be aware of it and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's real." Yeah, I didn't but see Blair it in theaters, real, but I definitely thought it was real. Um, I think by the time I saw it on home video, I probably knew it was not real, but I, Same, I saw it for the first time as just an adult. And I knew it wasn't real. I still, that's one of the only movies where I've slept with a light on. I had, yeah, I kept I, her up at night. Nope, I couldn't. Just Whoa. thinking. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because we had moved in, we had just moved into an apartment together and we barely had any furniture. And I remember we were sleeping on a mattress on the floor in just a room with nothing in it. That's spooky. And Objectively yes, spooky. Just laying awake <laughs> and thinking about the last shot of that movie where he's facing the wall and I just kept staring at the the corner of our bedroom, just this blank wall. And I, I was like, now I, I got to yeah, sit up in the, the living room with the light on. Chelsea, it's fun, you, funny you bring up that corner move. Mm-hmm. I, I went to college and my freshman year was in the year 2000, very close to. And one of the biggest gags you could do would be like. Wait in your common area, wait facing the corner, knowing your roommates would come home <laughs> yeah. and like flick the light on. Yeah. And I used to do it fully nude. That was like my little. <laughs> of course. I, I would stand fully naked in the corner of a room, facing in or facing out for extra fear. And uh-huh. uh, my roommates would come on, like flick the lights, and then like leap in fear. And like that, you, I like that slipped my mind while we. Were, I was just talking about the movie. That is absolutely iconic. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There, it's it's weirdly so neutered like the idea of like what if you saw someone staring in the corner you're like that doesn't sound scary on paper then you see it and you're like i'm gonna have fucking nightmares about this mm-hmm. image it's great that's yep. just great this, filmmaking 
it, it's set it's up so ahead of time tired. in the beginning where they're like telling the story about, oh. oh yeah, that's how they kill people is they put one in a corner while they kill the other. And that's it. They don't like bring it back up. It's just that one reference. But even if you forget about it, it's still a scary visual in that friggin' house. Oh, it's so good. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Le- when you talked about leaving the theater and being glad it was day, it, it did remind me of when we saw It Follows in theaters. Yeah, I was just thinking of that, and, too. <laughs> and we left, and that was like a probably like a close to midnight screening, late screening, late screening. And we left, and it was, I mean. I forget who was driving, but one of us took a wrong turn somewhere, and we ended up in these kind of weird, we were at the, uh, where was it, the Sherman Oaks Galleria. Mm-hmm. We ended up. <laughs> in kind of the weird little neighborhood behind it on accident. And we just got a little bit lost. We both got so spooked. But we got fucking scared in a car in LA. Just a little bit in lost. Our 30s or but, whatever that came out. No, that was that was uh 2014. So oh, we was okay. would still we been little okay. cherubs, but uh <laughs> <laughs> we were still just like that movie was unsettling and then got a little lost and it, it was scary. Mm-hmm. And that movie He's got that layer of what's scary about that movie is the reveals of the it following is just a person standing there. Per- it could be anyone. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. that's something that even in L.A. and in the Sherman Oaks Galleria, you could look when you're going to find your car, you could look down the parking lot lane and see a person standing there. Yeah. Yes, they might yep. just be walking to their car, but that yeah. is the imagery from it. Like, that's what those filmmakers got so right is there is something terrifying of just like a silhouette. Of just like that's a person. Why are they yeah. not moving? Why are they not moving? Or why are they? It makes you so paranoid. Yes. Even while watching the movie, you're like, is that person in the background? It like they're kind of walking towards it. It's so yes. good. It's, w- yeah. it's weird that both the things that are really scary from It Follows and Blair Witch are just a person standing where they're not supposed to. Well, be. no, It Follows. They're always moving. That's, that's the thing. true. Yeah, they but are it's always just, moving towards you. I mm-hmm. guess because like you go through your day to day life and there is an expected flow. Of where people are supposed to be <laughs> yeah. and, you know. Where they're supposed to be walking, yeah. not directly towards you yeah, slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's just like the disruption of that is what is like so that, freaky, I and, guess. Well, I think the disruption disruption of that too is there's that like uh, there's no engagement. Yeah. yeah. So like when, normally if someone's walking, if if you, and I, I understand when I speak to this, I'm speaking with male privilege and specifically 6'2", 295-pound mm. male <laughs> yeah. privilege. Extra bit of privilege. Yeah. <laughs> of of walking alone somewhere and one other person is walking there. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, that if they don't engage, like if they don't acknowledge that you're there, it feels extra terrifying. Yeah, especially if they're like, like if they're just kind of ignoring you, that's one thing, but with It Follows, it's like, they're coming at you and like looking at you, but with a blank look. Exactly. And yeah. And that's the the unnatural part of it. And there, it's like a split the difference kind of situation too. Cause if they're mm-hmm. paying too much attention to you as you walk up, that's an extra layer of terrifying. <laughs> and so you have to like s- s- realize of like, I know you're there, but I am minding my own business. You do the same. And yeah. Like, just like a head nod or something. But that's what, <laughs> yeah, the, the, that movie figured that out that it's like, like if it, there's nothing scarier. Like, I mean, Romero knew it too, like just the slow prodding, uh, slow plotting person, and you're going like, "Hello, hello," and there's no reaction. That's absolutely mm. horrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. that's just a fellow person walking at you. 
And these yeah. movies and, sorted that out. <laughs> and now we're getting a sequel made to that. I know. Uh, I'm super yeah, I'm stoked. I'm really excited about yeah. that. Oh, it follow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they follow. They. I think that's so funny. That's the name. It's about <laughs> it's about non-binary uh, entities. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they them follow. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> 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 there was that they slash them movie that I never got oh, the chance to see it, yeah. with Kevin Bacon. Oh, I never yeah. saw it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, I think that was 2022 when it was just like a glut there of horror so... films the whole year. Because they were sitting on all of them for so long. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Which go. I imagine will probably be the case again in 2025. Looks like next year will probably be uh, low. A barren, strikes. barren Halloween followed by a bountiful yeah. uh, Halloween. Mm-hmm. Well, knowing yeah, fucking Hollywood. crazy they drop fucking horror movies in like January and shit now too. It's like I saw the. We well, nun- yeah, spread them out. There's so many because I think <laughs> Scream Six came out in January this year. Yeah, uh, Megan came out in January for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw Megan. Uh, here's a great horror movie. While we're talking, just on the topic we're discussing, I saw Megan with a group of friends of mine who all happened. I mean, I have a bunch of friends who are gay and trans and non-binary, but. This group of friends is mostly that, and they invited me and my wife. Uh, you know, we oh, cla- what an honor! Classic couple See of Megan w- with them, white cishet. And then it turned out the whole theater. I didn't understand that uh, Megan was already a gay icon. Like, yeah, right weekend. before she even came uh, yeah, out. She was. Yes, she is, dude. It was such a fucking experience. It, it the movie was so good already. Yeah, and then on top of it, a crowd can really. More often than not, it can enhance your viewing experience. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can detract from it a little bit. But the when she starts singing Bulletproof, yeah, the yeah. entire oh theater sang along in such a way, <laughs> like from the jump, that I was like, oh my fucking God. And it was, and, and every, there's just that moment in Megan where. She appears in the woods in like her little and I'm uh like her little like pea coat and she's just yeah. standing there. Oh my gosh, her outfit. And that <laughs> is like a full blown laugh out loud, but horror movie jump scare at the same time. And like mm-hmm. Megan just did this thing that threaded that needle. And I think horror movies do this really well where they can be funny because that laugh and that scare reaction are so close to each other in, in For our sure. biology. It's a release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Megan did this thing with its tone where it just threaded that. You never laughed at the movie. It like knew yes. what it was the whole time. Sometimes it, horror movies can get you to like, you're laughing, like you're, I'm at the nun too. I'm enjoying myself, but I'm laughing at it a little bit. Okay. Yeah. But Megan, I'm never laughing at. I'm always like, and, and I'm like, this is a fucking like, Bullseye of na- like it's tone. funny you say the nun too. I literally was gonna say same writer for both. It, uh, Kayla Cooper wrote both of those so movies. I we haven't seen the nun too yet, but yeah. it, it, that laugh may have been intentional and knowing since it was the same uh, writer. Kayla Cooper also wrote Malignant, which I think Malignant is a perfect movie. And yeah, I think, I think it, it has the same so kind good. of knowing like what it is yes. element to it. I, yeah. And I didn't know that going into Malignant. Yeah, me neither. The first time I watched, it, I was like. What the f- is this a bad movie? And by the end, I was like, kind of, but in in a good way. If like it knows what it is. The first big uh, like clue that something is when she parks at like the <laughs> asylum, and it's like yeah. on a cliff, and there's lightning, and there's just like this oh, one stop. gothic building. And when that happened, I was like, what the? F-? I said to my wife, I was like, who's a, b- a bigger horror movie head than I am? I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? And then for the rest of the movie, we were like, this 
fucking rules. <laughs> I think for me watching Malignant, the, the moment where I was like, what is this? Is when she tells her sister, she's like, I'm adopted. And it's like this like traumatic push in on her sister while With the this. Pixie song cover starts yeah. playing. <laughs> and it's just like this huge moment. I thought that was fucking then hilarious. The giant fight in the women's prison. Like, yeah. it's so good. I was Gabriel for Halloween that year, too. Yep. Yeah, she was running around backwards with a face I had, like, a, a wig with a face. I had a friend make me a face to go on the back of my head, and it was, I wore, like, a backwards coat and it had, like, awesome. the gold knife and everything. Oh, that's so awesome. Fun. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah. I was, that year, I was Dwayne from Basket Case because that's what that movie is, and that yes. movie is, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and that movie is just, They're it, very similar. I feel like if you don't know Frank Henenlotter and his types of movies, it, it might, Malignant it might be a diff- more difficult movie to understand. Yeah. Because that's what James Wan is doing. He's yeah. making those movies with kind of a little bit of giallo spicing in there. It's the type of movie you just pick at random from the video store and you're like, what is this? Yeah. Like, just it's super where the tone rich. is just yeah. so mm-hmm. specific and like, what? And, th- and those are some of the best times we've had with yeah. movies. Oh, yeah. Like uh, stuff like Blood Rage and Bloody Birthday in particular, I'm thinking of, were movies where... Sometimes I would start it because I I watch I, I watch more horror movies than Chelsea because like uh, I'll just constantly put on a random horror movie while I'm doing stuff. So I think those movies were ones. Yeah, James James has more patience for ones where even if halfway through he's like, oh, I feel like this is maybe a waste of my time. I He'll commit. Still finish I finish it. it. Yeah, James. But, yeah, we are brothers from different mothers. <laughs> I, yeah, I cannot not finish garbage. I gotta see where it goes. My version of that is like legal courtroom and journalism thrillers. Like any mystery kind of thriller are my favorite types of movies. I just have that like playing on Tubi all day long. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm finishing No Way Out with Kevin Costner. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm just like (laughs) watching. I I like love that genre of movie. And so I, I get it where you're, and, I just wrote down Bloody B-Day and Blood Rage. What ma- what made you use those as an example again? I forgot. They, they are like They're amazingly perfect. schlocky, The tone of those movies. movies is perfect. Especially Blood Rage has a ton of gore, like great practical effects blood. Uh, Bloody Birthday has killer kids. But they're both just so out there, and they're both like at least one of them was one where I started watching, and five minutes, and, and you were I had like, to stop. Chelsea, you gotta watch. I was this like, Chelsea, me. come on. I, I guess, I, I guess, yeah. I let you screen yeah. things, and you find the ones that are like, no, no, no. This is actually like a truly where where you're watching, and you're like, how did this get? How did so many people get together and make this? What is like? How are like five people acting in this? And it, to every single person, it seems like it's maybe a different movie, and like <laughs> yeah. some stuff like that, where it's just just the perfect little I don't know, just the perfect little accident. Yeah, uh, you know? they're not trying to be so bad. It's no, good. they just are. It and just it's is, great. and oh, that's the best. On action, yeah. on Action Boys, we watch a lot of uh, my my movie podcast. We watch a lot of like schlocky action movies, and we'll say. Just a reminder, making movies is very hard. And like, yes, we <laughs> always say that. Yeah, it's so hard to make a movie. Because like, the f- And these people fucking committed to it, even though they clearly didn't know what they were doing. Oh my, you might, I don't know if you've seen this before, but you might enjoy it just as someone who, who understands how hard it is to make a movie. Have you seen Spookies? 
Oh my goodness, Spookies. No, wait, maybe? I don't think so. The name so, is so is vague enough that I'm it's not very, sure. It's very, yeah, that's- It's like a group of friends go to, it's like not a, a big, hotel. It's a big like, like manor. It's like a castle. And they end up, they find like a board game in there, right? I think. I for, honestly, Here's I Here's the thing, but with Spookies, and that's why we're having such a hard time remembering what the fuck it's even about. Because it is technically like three different movies- Crammed together. Together. Like, they shot in one an movie. To make it one movie. <laughs> so there are plots happening where it is like these characters never interact with each other. Yeah, they shot a movie, and I think like the financier or something was like, now nah, this isn't working for me. Let's shoot another thing. Yeah. <laughs> and we, so they shot all this other, like the villain. It'll be the villain reacting to stuff that is happening in the other room. He's like looking in, through a window he's at looking them. looking through like a, yeah. <laughs> it is really special. Like highly recommend. There are shit monsters, like dogma style. Liter- like just like, like poop, monsters. poop monsters who attack them. There's like a big skeleton. Like it's so good. Yeah. There, I think they, they, they blew up an actual, uh, like they used an M80 or something to make a giant explosion and, and almost like, killed the crew because it's just this amateur filmmaking. Yeah. Group. Yeah. Just, just for, for a truly like, Oh my God, I can't believe this became a finished product. That yeah. is up there for like, it's, it's truly a miracle that it exists. <laughs> it's so weird. Well, it's funny because horror movies fall into this category a lot. Now, uh, there's something about the horror movie fan and I'm not going to say they are less discerning, but they are more, all consuming there is yeah like i I just know people who will see every single horror movie that comes out and will chase down every single horror movie and be like it's bad i hated it but i needed to see it or exactly yeah Yeah, that's basically me yeah (laughs) yeah and what do you think it is about because i i do think there there's overlap between that and people who really like action movies where you're like i can find like I could watch like a B Scott Adkins martial arts movie and be like, this is so poorly acted. I don't think any of these people are in the same room on this scene, but (laughs) there's this one cool fight or this one cool stunt or this in case of horror movies, this one cool scare or like the shit monsters and spookies is is (laughs) worth the ride alone. You know, it's worth the price of the ticket alone. Yeah. I think it's like subconsciously even maybe horror fans understand that horror especially has to be made by at least one person who's extremely passionate about whatever it is that they're making, whether it is passion for the thing itself, passion for uh, money that they think they might make from this thing, because that can end up making some fun movies too, where it is just purely like profit driven and terrible. Passion uh, for getting the actresses naked is yeah, in the case with Friday Five and just, pieces like and like you and it's also you know and obviously every movie that's kind of the case but horror there's also it's the passion combined with uh not a care about any prestige that is going to come from making this thing yeah it's other genres there's maybe like i'm gonna be a filmmaker and make a move but horror no one is going to make a horror movie thinking like this is what's really gonna Put me on the map artistically. Well, yeah, yeah. Even even if they're making an artistic and good horror movie, they know that those doors are still going to be closed to them because so it's I genre. I think right. it's the combination of those two factors <laughs> that is why, like, 
I totally get just wanting to see every horror movie because those things are present in every horror movie. Yeah, they're being, like, they're not, no one's making a horror movie to get an Oscar. They don't yeah. like, they don't expect right. that. That's they, an accident when expect, that happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah major accident. They're, go, they're going into it going like, I'm making a horror. So I'm eschewing, because of the stigma around horror, I'm eschewing the idea that I'm a, you know, top tier filmmaker. Like I'm making a horror movie and it's for, and so that why I think that's where, be, this begins this kind of like symbiotic relationship where it's like horror movies are made for ostensibly everyone, but really for horror movie fans. Yeah. And yeah. it's frequently made by people who are fans of horror movies as well. Mm -hmm. So you get into that sort of uh, made by fans for fans. And then that starts to feel like a two way street where you're like, we got and and truly we've seen it. Uh, and like there are a lot of like economics that go into making a horror movie like there they can be low budget and still be scary whereas like yeah. sometimes a low budget action movie won't actually demonstrate good action cuz you need some money for that but like exactly mm -hmm. yeah with some like down and dirty skill sets you can make a, a horror movie on the low Blair budget yeah, yeah exactly or like i think paranormal activity Part of what is makes that movie so scary, it's it's so good, is like, and it's a similar thing where it's daytime in that movie and you're like, oh, okay, I can breathe a little bit. Yeah, every morning. <laughs> but I yeah. think it's like that movie relies so much on, I think the lower the budget, if you want to make something truly scary, you have to really dig deep and think like, what is psychologically really scary to humans? And it's often such simple things. It's the dark. It's sudden noises. It is... Like it's someone maybe. in your space unbeknownst to you. Yes, like, that's like, like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like that's you hear like, a door. Yeah. Oh. Like a door shuts in paranormal activity and everyone, you know, it's it's a jump. It, I know related to everything we've talked about, the low budget, the found footage, the uh the experience while watching worst and best experience. Uh I have a similar one to you where it kind of encompasses both the worst and best. Um I watched Creep. Have you ever seen Creep? Oh, yeah. The Duplass one with yes, Pat exactly. Patrick Tummy Bryce. Time. Tummy yeah. time. Yeah, Tummy and he's got, he's got like uh, peaches. Peach, peach the, fuzz. Peach fuzz, that's right. So, uh, I'd be sick if peaches was in it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so this was uh, this was before Dead Meat. This was, I've, I mean, I've loved horror movies my entire life, but this was before it was my job and like primary interest and focus in life. So, Chelsea leaves town one weekend for whatever, visit home or whatever. So I'm I'm at home by myself. I'm like, let's put I'm, I'm gonna watch a horror movie. It sounds like a good thing to watch. Um and this was like probably 10 years ago or, or close to it now, but uh I I got so high and was like, I'm gonna watch Creep. I don't know what this is, but I like watching movies where I know nothing about That's them. Such a bad movie to watch high. I put on Creep, man. Oh. I did not I did not finish it. I uh got so scared because it was like two in the morning. I'm high out of my mind, and he's like, he puts on that fucking wolf mask and he's like, and I'm just like, this I'm no, I can't, I can't do this. And I like I stopped it and I was like, it's because I'm tired. I'm just, I'm just too tired. And then I woke up the next day. I was like, I was too fucking scared to finish that. Movie. I watched that movie with you later, and it was fun to confirm. Like, no, 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 this is fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I was it's, like, was I too high? This movie feels like absolutely rancid to sit through in a good way. It's like very effective. But well, it's funny because if you try to explain to someone the movie and why it's so scary, it's kind of hard to articulate because it is. For the first half of the movie, it's like just about an annoying weirdo. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's just a guy. <laughs> the tension, the way that's shot, and that's such a realistic thing, especially in modern times with like 
Airbnbs and like sublets and like, you know, self check-ins at hotels and stuff like you're just like in this situation where you're like, oh God, okay, well, I better just be normal around this person and not be rude. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what's up with this person? They're a little weirder than I thought they were. And then all of a sudden you're in this fucking, you're in a full blown horror movie. And uh, I loved Creep. And I think there's a Creep too, where it's a completely yeah. different premise kind of. There is. I haven't seen it, but I've heard I remember, things. I remember really enjoying it. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember being like that. That's... That's a fun man watching a horror movie alone as a grown up. Mm-hmm. It's funny to like scare yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it is. And I'm always to- chasing that. I'm always looking to be scared. Yes. And that's why I appreciate it when we saw Hereditary in theaters. Yeah. And it just I I was scared I the was whole time. I was genuinely very scared. We could tell everyone around us was. You could hear a pin drop. Everyone was like genuinely really terrified. Yeah. Or uh, the end of Annihilation. I always think back yes. to like just chills down my back for the last twenty a- minutes. Annihilation of that movie. is one of my favorite movie theater experiences oh, I've ever had because yeah. I don't. I went into that just, I, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I hadn't read the book. It was basically. We often on try to go into movies completely blind. Me I too. Just, I try to avoid the trailer unless I've seen it. Exactly. Before another movie that I went I to. I didn't even in. know Justin Long was in Barbarian when we saw it. So no, he I didn't. pops know. up and I was like, what the fuck happened? Here? He, has a, he has a crazy introduction too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had no idea he was in them. I had no idea anything about my wife has ADHD and if she's in a movie that she's doesn't know anything about it could like stress her out in like oh, a way okay. so sometimes she like needs to know the trailer or else she's too curious about what's going like you know she's mm-hmm. so like am I supposed to be focusing on that I, me on oh, the sure. other hand I like going in just let the movie wash over but yeah take me where you want to dude, movie I, I'm along for I the ride totally empathize with that I also have ADHD and if I go into a movie not knowing uh it's usually specifically not knowing who is in it yes I sometimes will start getting hung up on like why do I know that person I recognize them and then I realize oh my god I haven't been paying attention <laughs> for the last five minutes that's bad when we're watching movies at home where it's like well let me just look and then like yeah, yeah. you're then on your you're phone, on Wikipedia I'm- scrolling their credits and then it's like oh I think they were in this and then like five minutes yeah, have gone by yeah, and like so wait can we rewind this is exactly the first 10 minutes of any movie we watch at home yeah. is this based on a true story is this based on anything wait what is where do i know that person from where do i know and i'm like let's just all right let's pause it you look up yep. everything you need to look up it, it, and then is, let's get back yeah. in yeah it is why i do love seeing a movie in a theater though because yeah. it is like as a as an adhd haver i have to i am i am stuck in a dark theater and i don't i, I i'm just there to sit and watch the movie you yeah. know yeah. i'm not strong enough to leave my phone on into the drawer at home. Like I actually, I keep find myself constantly being like, well, I got to jump back 30 seconds. Cause I just looked at my phone for too long, mm-hmm. but that's why I like the theater too. It's like strap me in. I'm, exactly. here, I'm here to see this movie. I'm committed. My it phone c- is commands off. my whole field of vision. Yes. Yeah. The sound is going to sound just how they want it to sound. I don't have to keep turning it down out of fear for like a neighbor or anything yeah. and turning it up yeah. because I can't hear them talking anymore. Oh my, I, I just, uh, I was thinking about your experience uh, leaving a movie, dur- you said, during the day, and you were like, oh, thank God. I did just think of uh, the first time I ever saw Mulholland Drive. I was in college. Oh, and, shit. Yeah. Yes. And it was one where I was with a bunch of friends, and we were like, well, we got to see this. It's a classic. None of some, Somehow none of us have seen it. We're watching it, and I mean... 
the the dumpster seat, the diner with the dumpster, and then we all had to walk home at night Ooh. through, oh, a, no through like you. a basically empty neighborhood. I honestly, that was like one of the most scared oh, I nice. think I've been after a movie. No, I just sorry, I was thinking. Was that in Ann Arbor or was, was that in Ann Arbor? Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, my listeners, here I am, post-AG1, ready to start my day. What's on my to-do list? Record ads for High and Mighty. You know what's not on my to-do list? Drink AG1. Now, I could put it on my to-do list and check it off every day because it would just be an easy start to my to-do list, but it doesn't even have to go on the list anymore because it's a given that I'm going to take it. It's given that yeah, you're a long-time listener, you might know. I've been taking AG1 for a couple of years now, and I can feel a difference in my daily health. So uh, I hope that you can get the same out of it. It's a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So I recommend it to... Uh, all my family and friends, they started drinking it and they always tell me that, oh, uh, it's easy to take down in the morning. You know, I have a friend who's not good with pills uh, on an empty stomach. Well, boom, AG1 solves that problem. I got a friend who has a hard time swallowing pills. Boom, AG1 solves that problem. Do you have a friend that, you know, wants to take an easy step in the morning uh, that will set their uh, day down a path of healthy choices? Boom, get them on AG1. I, I take mine every morning right before my coffee. Smash it down. Chug, chug. I, I like the flavor, but I like to just get it in there. Get my 20 ounces of liquids down and get all my micronutrients, my prebiotics and probiotics, and then I'm ready to freaking rip the day apart. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why they've been a partner for so dang long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash mighty. That's D-R-I-N-K-A-G, the number one, dot com slash M-I-G-H-T-Y. Drinkag1.com slash mighty. Check it out. Look, there's no quick fix for anxiety and depression. It's a true journey. It's not finding a new therapist, starting a new exercise. Oh, finally, I'm meditating or I cleared up my diet. No, you need something to unlock your brain sometimes. And a new way of thinking about and seeing the world, maybe that thing is guided ketamine therapy from MindBloom. Or that thing is guided ketamine therapy from MindBloom. I've heard it pronounced both ways, but I'm not British, so I'll say. Maybe that thing for you is guided ketamine therapy from MindBloom. But there's a new tool to improve your mental health at-home ketamine therapy. MindBloom is the leader at in at-home ketamine therapy, having helped thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression. Unlike traditional talk therapy, ketamine works quickly and doesn't have the unpleasant side effects of traditional antidepressants. In a study of over 1,200 MindBloom clients, 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression after only two sessions. Right now, MindBloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com slash mighty and use promo code mighty. Take the first step and break free from your anxiety and depression with Mindbloom. Mindbloom.com slash mighty and use promo code mighty.
mighty. Okay, so now going back a little, let's just jump to Hereditary for a second. I had a fucking blast in that movie. It I was, love Hereditary. I, yeah. I was legit scared. I was never really scared in Midsommar, but I loved Midsommar as well. Yeah, Midsommar was more like, a, I don't know, a little skeeved out. And, and I mean, that beginning was really heavy, but yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't like the, the terror of Hereditary. But I, I still really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah. uh, but, uh, Hereditary, fucking great time. I, I mean, I loved Bo is Afraid, too. We still, oh, we still haven't, haven't seen it. it. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. We haven't carved out the three plus hours we need, we need to watch that. And yet. it is, it is, <laughs> it is so funny, so weird, so intense. It's great. Like Ari Oster's just doing strange ass shit over there. Yeah. But you saying Mulholland Drive, I almost uh, accidentally said Mulholland Falls there. Another movie not nearly as interesting as Mulholland Drive. Oh, uh, that's the Mulholland Falls. Yeah, it's like a weird, like, uh, 90s, like, you know, just like uh, drama that has nothing to do with anything of the lunch okay. movie. Yeah. Okay. It's really, uh, and if you accidentally, the only way I know about it is I accidentally put it on trying to watch Mulholland Drive. I was going to say that sounds like the asylum version. Of <laughs> yes, Mulholland yes. Drive. The, the GoBots version of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you made me think of like movies from my childhood that I, I'm trying to think of two times I was really scared. So the first movie that really fucked me up was Stephen King's Cat's Eye. It's oh, a movie. Wow. It's a movie that's made up of like three or four Stephen King stories. Anthology. Drew yeah. Barrymore's in one of them, right? That's the we one were, that fucked me up. Yes. We oh, were okay. literally just being told we needed to watch. Yeah, that we haven't seen that. Who was saying that? Joe Lynch. Joe Lynch, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. You got. <laughs> it's really, it's a really enjoyable one. There's like a few interesting short stories that are kind of scary. But the Drew Barrymore one is about a troll that comes at night while she's sleeping and holds her nose shut and steals her breath. No, like, uh-uh. no <laughs> way. And that fucked me up so much when I was a kid that I think I still have like repercussions from it where if I'm like, my face is at all covered when I'm sleeping. Like I, I have claustrophobia and I think it's partially from that movie and partially from being my size. But oh, I was going to say partially from The Descent. <laughs> oh, well, dude. The, all right. Jumping around. The Descent is such a fucking good movie that yes, like it's a masterpiece. Yeah. And that's one I saw when I was like a little older and I had heard like I heard the descent is like a and I was with dating my now wife back then and she's like a horror movie buff and I'm like I hear this is like an all I probably said chicks all chicks action uh, a horror movie and she's like we got to watch it. We put that mm-hmm. shit on and it scared the fuck out of me. Yeah. yeah. I tried to re- I tried to rewatch it a couple years ago being like, well, now I won't be scared of it. And I was fucking scared again. No, the <laughs> night vision where you first yes. see that thing standing behind her. Fuck uh, that uh, so much. Uh, uh, it's so scary. The first no. time I saw Descent was, uh, I, I forget which movie was first, but it was a double feature with that and Wreck. And I was like, wow, two of the scariest movies I have ever seen back to back. I saw The Descent at a sleepover. And this is when I was in high school. And finally, you know, when I was younger, I wasn't allowed to watch like really violent movies. And that tended to encompass like most horror movies. And I was terrified of everything. And in high school, it was like, no, no, I'm finally going to go see some classics. And we would go out, you know, we would start watching, you know, stuff that was coming out around the time. So I saw The Descent around when it came out at a sleepover. And it was right before we all went to bed. It was like, I... I like I very vividly remember watching that movie oh, in my man. friend's basement. It, it oh that movie's so scary. Yeah. All right, you just made me think sleepover, scary. So when you're like a 12-year-old boy, you have sleepovers mm-hmm. uh, at friends' houses, maybe someone's doing it for their birthday, and you put on a horror movie 
And now only with hindsight do you know that all of your friends are scared the whole time, but no <laughs> one can cop to it. Yeah. So everyone's trying to out alpha each other. And this movie that fucked us all up when we were kids was classic The Omen. Yeah. Oh, Holy nice. Yeah. Shit. Holy shit, does that movie fucking irk? I'm getting chills just talking about it. And I've seen it a hundred times. <laughs> and it's not, and like now as a grown up, like movies about scary kids aren't scary, but they're the. Th- the like vibes of that first half of that movie are so like methodical and you know now now I have like taste and the words and the vocab to explain why the omen was so interesting and scary but then I was just like it's it and the words I would use now are like haunting and yeah. it's just like the vibe is so slow and plotting and haunting in the beginning where you're like what the fuck and the music is like bananas good and like that's just me and like seven fucking Long Island Jewish and Italian like little guidos <laughs> all just then pretending to not be afraid for the rest of the night. But everyone being like, Gabrus, you still awake? It's like, yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I can't fall asleep. For, like, you know, we're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, can, I can never fall asleep. Reason. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm just like a late night. I'm a late night owl. I'm 13, but uh-huh. I always stay up till four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> You like go exactly. home the next day and you're like, Dad, is the devil real? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And there's something about like a 70s horror movie too that for some reason that or was that that was 70s, right? That yeah, would have been no, I believe so. 76, maybe? late six. Yeah. No. Even if it's early eighties, it's from the school of the seventies movie of 1980, like, yeah. 1981, even they're basically seventies, yeah. Yeah, I, they got a lot of the hallmarks and the and when you're a kid especially a kid in the nineties, like I was, and you're not like, you know, there's no streaming or anything. When you like watch these old movies, there's just a layer of scariness that it feels weird that you're watching. Like Mm -hmm. you're like, Oh, this is not as fast or as colorful or as loud as I'm used to from all the dumb shit. I watch as a 13 year old boy. You're like, so it lulls you in or it gets you in a different comfort zone. These movies. Cause you're not, you're not prepared for like, the language of this type of film. So you're already yeah. sort of like off put by like, that's why I find some of those foreign horrors to be extra scary too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. We were just talking about how sometimes foreign movies feel extra scary be- just because the unfamiliarity of the culture and yes. you're not even sure what is a norm and what isn't because something that could even be uh more just standard for them still feels just unusual to you. And, and, uh, that just adds to the layers and it's harder to pick up on nuance when you're like reading subtitles and listening Mm -hmm. to a language you don't speak because like in 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 an english language movie you'd be like okay this chick is the bad guy like 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 you could just like tell by her act they're acting or what they're saying that you're like oh this is the evil doer but when you're watching a foreign movie you're like I don't know. Is that a normal French tone? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think- and and yeah, with the older movies too. It's it, I've never really vocalized this or had this uh, thought exactly, but uh, I guess you know we're a little bit younger than you. But I, Scream got me into horror movies, and so all those movies that came out around Scream, they were targeted towards teens. And I suppose when I, I guess like probably Friday the Thirteenth and those kind of slashers from the eighties, those are trying to get those teens. are teen oriented. I feel like that was the whole market where the point was like we're getting teens to bring their date, you know? Yeah, to, to get scared yeah. and and yeah, see get some flesh and, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But but when you want when you're talking about something like the Omen. 
Omen or maybe more mature, older horror movies. Like Rosemary's Baby. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. There there can be an element if you're young and you can get past the slower pace and what might seem a little more boring because it's not as flashy. I think it can be effective in being scary because it's it's not made for you. Like, it's not trying Mm -hmm. to be accessible to you as a, a young person. And if you can you know, power through that uh, something that's not uh, targeted towards you. It can feel like be rewarding in, in how scary that is. Yeah. I think there's like a layer of that with the exorcist, which yes. is kind of like yeah. an OG, uh, you know, if you were like a kid in the nineties or in the eighties, you would be like, I like scary movies. And someone in your family would go, have you ever seen the exorcist? Yep. Like, the, it's, it's interesting. Cause the exorcist I remember was re-released, I think in theaters. And it was a, I think it was a version where they added scenes that originally weren't in the, the theatrical release when it came out. And it was, I think during the late mid late nineties when they re-released it in theater. So it was kind of like in the air again. I remember as a kid being, terrified of the exorcist yeah. and never having even seen it but just knowing what she looked like and the idea of like knowing that there's the a movie where a girl about my age her head is spinning around or she's like crawling downstairs backwards i think that was an added scene uh, oh, for that reason yeah you're right the spider walk i don't oh, think yeah that's, that's like, why that was kind mm-hmm. of in the the convert, you know, kids yeah. talking about it at school and whatnot. That was like one of the scariest things I've ever seen is that yeah. spider walk down the stairs. It's funny about movies like that, too, because I was of the age where I was young enough that I was like, Freddy and Jason are fake. Okay. But being possessed by the devil is something that could really happen. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know Did what you I mean? grew up Catholic? I grew up Catholic. I didn't actually really learn about that stuff, but it just, it, the way The Exorcist plays is mm-hmm. that- Obviously, it's a movie, so it's but it's playing like it's real. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was real, and and I would have these things where it's like, well, Jason and Freddie are fake, obviously. Michael Myers is fake, obviously, but this can really happen, dude. And so I, many people yes. are like that. Yep, I was like, like I think slashers wouldn't have really scared me mm-hmm. too much. Uh, no. Even as a kid, I think it was just it's more like, you know, something maybe popping out at me would yeah. scare me. But the idea of like ghosts and stuff and possessions, even up to like mm. I was way too old. Our housemate still won't watch Paranormal Activity because she's like it that. I don't know. That could uh, maybe it happen. Feels you know, too like real. other oh. stuff like whatever. But uh, I, yeah, when it comes. Oh, man, that's Paranormal Activity. We mentioned it earlier. I wanted to throw mm-hmm. this out. I forget if it's in one or two. But one of the best shots ever in a horror movie is they put a camera on an oscillating yep. fan. That's that's actually part three. Yeah. Is it? The one that's in the in 80s. The, in yeah, the they 80s. put like, because they have like a VHS recording oh, camera. Yes. And they put that on an oscillating fan. Yes. And it's just a slow <laughs> so back scary. and forth. It and is what you're right. It is one of the best shots in horror movies. It's so Because it just pans away. And then by the time it gets back, <laughs> things have changed and there's something there. And you're just like. Oh my fuck. I think my buddy Chris Smith is the lead in part three. He's in one oh. of the paranormal activities. Yeah, I forget which one. Is he one, one of the, the parents, one of the dads? Yeah, I think he's a dad. If he uh, is, if he is in three, that might be like the only paranormal activity dad slash boyfriend who's not a piece of shit. Because those I movies guess. have a runner where like just the boyfriend the is always like are always terrible. They don't believe it, but yeah. at the same time they're antagonizing things. But I think if I remember correctly, three has like a good guy. So <laughs> yeah, one is maybe the worst horror Micah. movie boyfriend of all time. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> 
where he has, God, what is his shirt? You, like, he has, like, an online poker website shirt, too. Like, there's some, like, he's, they paint such a funny picture. That's this so This guy perfect. is just the biggest douchebag ever, and I love it so much. Yeah. That is fucking perfect. Um, wait, that we were talking a moment ago about the, quote-unquote, reality in horror movies, mm-hmm. and one of the movies I saw when I was older that really fucking scared me uh, was, I think it's called The Strangers. Is that yes. the one where they wear like burlap sacks yeah. and they're yeah. outside the house? The that, home invasion movie? Yeah. Yes. That scared the fuck out of me because- Yeah, that movie that, rules. That came out uh, around the time of- I think. Yeah. Around yeah. the time that true crime was kind of starting to pop off too in a way. Mm, yeah. So like, you're like, this could happen to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, there is- well, that- Probably at least one instance in reality of three people in masks invading someone's home and doing something fucked up to them. I mean, it's summarized by the end when they're like, why, why yeah, did you do this? You because were you were home. Yeah. That's Ugh. it. Like, that's, there's no motive. And I mean, that it, it's taking a page out of funny games, too. Funny uh, games is that, too. Yeah. Where it's Whew. just this horrific, like, that's so senseless scary. torture. Because there's no reasoning. You're right. There's no rules. Like, even with a possession movie, You've got, you know, depending on what kind of, of ghost or creature you're working with, you can call an exorcist. You right. can, there's maybe a way to break the curse or whatever. And like, don't antagonize it but and you should be okay. this is just, but. you let, or not even let in the case of the strangers. That, I mean, that is what makes funny games scary is they let these guys into their home. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just, just not, just no rules, no reasoning with. Well, it's funny you choose because then you can't, sometimes you can like, watch a horror movie and handle it by blaming by like victim blaming more yeah. or less of like and just be like I wouldn't do that so this couldn't happen to me. Yeah, it's like what the fuck are you doing? Why would you go in the attic? Like why would you let your kid do that? Why would you let this and but then these movies where it's like they don't like that you're just like fucked imagine being in the, like I would never this would never happen to me. I would never spend the night in a haunted house for a documentary and it's like yeah. But I might just be home with my wife one night when three freaks come to kill me, you know? Ooh. You know what movie is I know one what you're gonna say. I know, is one of the best movies at uh making you not just think creating an impossible situation for its characters. And, and where you're never thinking like, why would they do this instead of this? You can't backseat drive at all. Yeah. The green room. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I fucking love that yeah. movie. Now, I granted, that's not the same thing as like, I could just be at home and these people could show up because they are a, a uh, punk yeah, band. I would simply never be in a punk band. Yeah, that you can guy. say that. But <laughs> the, once they're in that situation, because uh, it's about a punk band who plays a show at like a, a, a place that ends up being like, for a small little place that where Nazis hang out and then they witness a murder and the Nazis know that they saw the murder and they're in the green room and the Nazis don't want to let them leave. And it's just like, that's that's the premise. That's the setup. And fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, and th- there's so many things I really like about that movie. First of all, it's gruesome and hard to watch in a, yeah. in a, in a way that works for a horror adjacent. Very graphic, not, yeah. You might not even really call it a horror movie. Like, you could argue that it's like an action thriller. There's mm-hmm. like, ele- because of there's no real, um, like, paranormal. It's all, like, realistic. But- the other thing I love about it is the Nazis are bad guys. Like that's not a thing anymore. It's like we're like <laughs> right. that they are just like they it's like they are you see Nazis, you know that's a bad guy. And it's like such a perfect addition to this movie to be like, well, fuck, like fuck them. Like they are Nazis. Yeah. It's like and they're white supremacists. Fuck them. Like and it's so 
easy to like just be on their side and you're never like what are you idiots doing because you're just like fuck nazis suck they're evil like get out of there oh yeah and, and and to that point it's like patrick stewart shows up and you're like i love patrick stewart Oh, not he's a Nazi. In, Fuck you, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> oh, yeah, Patrick Stewart's amazing and everything. Oh, but he is a bald white actor. Is he playing? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Ah, oh, damn is. it, he's a Nazi. <laughs> um, talking I, about yeah. real realistic movies that you can't backseat drive, that at the the movie The Invitation, which Ooh. Oh, yeah. the Karen the Karen Fusama movie. I think that's how yeah. Fusama, yeah. Yeah. Fusama, yeah. Fusama, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you guys you guys seen this? We've seen it yes, once. Yes, that's the one where like it's like a dinner. Is it like a dinner party? Yeah. Go yes. and it ends up being like a whole cult kind of thing. It's a, a, a real. I remember we've only seen it once, and it was a while ago. And we watched a lot of movies, but I do remember it. I loved it, and I remember it being like pretty slow, and and even for part of it, you're like, is is it just paranoia? Is there something like actually going on here? Yes. And then it gets crazy. <laughs> I first saw it when I lived in Brooklyn in my like late 20s. And I was like, this movie is really good. This is weird, though. This weird dinner party and everyone's into like weird shit. And like and then you're like, it does have paranoia for the first half. I'm not going to do any real spoilers here, but it has like one of the strongest endings I've ever seen in a horror movie. Um, And I will remind you guys of that after we're done recording. But I want listeners to be able to enjoy that just in case. And and who's the the actor? Is it Matthew Logan Green? He's the guy who looks like Tom Hardy and was also an upgrade. He's fantastic. He's so good in it. Yes. I forget his name, but he I called him like Tom Hardy light for a while. Exactly. Yeah. But he's so good in upgrade, too, Mm -hmm. which I I think is a great way of telling a superhero story. Uh, Yeah. uh, but in invitation, you're, it's like this weird dinner party. And you're, I'm watching this in Brooklyn thinking this is amazing. Then I moved to Los Angeles and go to a few dinner parties uh-huh. and, <laughs> and meet people who are like, yes, I'm doing ketamine therapy. Yes, I have a ayahuasca. Yes, I'm. And then everything. And you're like, holy shit, that movie is just that much richer when you realize. Because yep. it's like yep. a Silver How Lake dinner is, party yeah. that they're at. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, you. That's why they let it go on for so long. That's what mm-hmm. I realized. Because when I watched it in Brooklyn, I was backseat driving and I was going like, I'd tell this fucking freak to shut up. I would tell this weirdo, <laughs> what the fuck are you? And then when you move to LA, you're like, oh yeah, a lot of times you don't tell freaks to shut up because you're just like, I'm probably never going to see this guy again. <laughs> so I'll let him keep talking about this windsurfing religion he's part of or whatever. <laughs> but holy shit, that's a fucking good one. That, that you, It's hard to backseat drive once you've lived in LA and go like, Nope, there are dinner parties like this happening all across the county. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And it's also just, I don't know, I think movies like that, it's just the total realism of like, like you wouldn't, yeah, like you said, you wouldn't actually be like, oh man, shut the fuck up. Like most, I would say like most people, we all have a kind of uh, like self-awareness where we want to be polite even though we are going insane on the inside or we're just afraid of making a fuss. You what, know? what was that Dutch movie? I literally was going to bring it up. I can't remember what is that's it called. Is No Evil or is that the Kane one? That's the Kane movie. I, it it's was something the, similar to that though. Where uh, it's the Dutch couple that stays with the, I think like Finnish couple and they're super weird and the whole movie is about just... Oh man, like, movies that like prey on the fact that you know you in that like the people are just like, well, I don't want to be an asshole. 
Yeah, yes. like I don't want conflict. That is so the, I'm just gonna politely go along with the, that. Is the entire statement of that movie, and I can't remember what it's. It's called. like hear no. E- it's like it's it's a title like that. I feel like uh, one of the uh, problems now is that so many titles are taken that it was a speak no evil. Was it? Yes, it was. It was speak no evil. Speak no evil. Yeah, oh, I feel shit. like at, at this point it's it's really hard. Have to... Have you seen Speak No Evil? I don't think so. I'm you writing a few of these it. down. If, yeah. If, if you want, just like yeah, it is a similar thing where it's like, oh god, realistically, if I was in this situation, would I say anything? I us, we're super nice, non-confrontational just, people. We would probably just fucking go along. It's a movie it. about the horrors of being a, a polite person. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so real, especially in like in couples too where you're like one couple's like, "Let's get the fuck out of here." And you're like, "We shouldn't be that mean to these." You yeah, know, like exactly. And I, I just like you you like watching a movie like that, you like flashback to all your partner conversations where you're mm-hmm. like, "What's up with your friend?" and she's like, "Just deal with him for one yeah. hour." Yeah. You know? And, and that uh, movie's too Couples, yeah, definitely. Exactly, watch it. it's very, very dark and very good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like uh, now so many horror titles are taken that we're we're getting a lot of titles of great movies, but like the titles are difficult to remember. It makes me insane. And and we can this will tie into another uh, great experience that we just had watching a movie when evil lurks. So. The title is kind of difficult for me to remember. Now now I think I've got it, When Evil Lurks. Mm-hmm. It's this Argentinian movie that just came out, and uh, it, it's it's brand new. It's on Shudder. Watching that, uh, I don't remember the last time a movie made us jump, jump off, off, the, off couch. the couch, look at each other, being like, what the fuck? <laughs> and not just once. It did it a couple of times in this movie. Okay, Wait, yeah. is that the poster where someone's like, it's a silhouette of someone with an axe? With yes. Like, yeah, okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I've seen some people uh, reco that. And so uh, yeah. I'm going to, that's going to be my next viewing, especially if it's a Spanish language film. Cause it is. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it's, uh, it's great. <laughs> Why do you speak Spanish? Uh, no, no, I'm I'm learning, so I do oh, like okay. light, I do lightly speak it. This movie's not going to help I was you. Their say accents. The dialect in this movie is Cause, very because I can do I can speak a little bit of Spanish, but these two brothers I don't know if it's like an Argentinian accent or something. I think but, it might. Be, I mean, it, it's an Argentinian movie, but I think maybe they also have a very rural accent. Yes. possibly. Yeah, because they're like uh, they're like. Dropping lots of consonants. Yeah, because I'm listening. I'm like, I know the words you're saying, but it doesn't sound like you're saying them. So it was it was <laughs> difficult. But you can you can it'll expose you to all the wonderful dialects of that language. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I will fucking check that out for yeah. sure. Holy yeah. shit, dude, dude! I appreciate you guys coming on High and Mighty so much. This has been such a blast having this conversation, and for me, getting like recommendations. Of I see you writing I'm, that shit down. <laughs> I've never heard of like. I have Bloody Birthday, Blood yes. Rage, Spookies, Wreck, you said. Is that REC? I think I've yeah. seen oh, that. Oh, yeah. Movie. That's a Spanish movie as well. It's found footage Spanish. Yeah. Like, possibly the best found footage film ever made. I feel like I feel like I remember saying to someone, and I think this might be true, too, overall, like, horror movies and comedies, too, mm-hmm. they kind of suffer in the third act. Like, a horror movie, like, yes. the Frequently. tension is so yeah. good. So good in the first act, and then in the second act, you're like blowing the tension or whatever you want to call it. And then the third act is always just like, well, I don't even care what happens to these people, yeah. you know. Like, so, and I heard from some, I remember I was shitting on it, to, shitting on third act to someone. Someone's like, "Have you ever seen Wreck?" I that, yeah. I was like, "It's funny you mentioned that because Wreck, the third <laughs> act of that movie, I saw that movie when it came out, 
I was traumatized. I was so yeah. fucking scared. For yeah. Sure. That's what people told me is that like, yes. oh, if you think horror movies don't have good third acts, you have to watch Wreck. Uh, mm -hmm. Cause now, so I, that's like been a double rec recommendation for me. Yes. <laughs> and so now, and then speak no evil and when evil lurks, that's my, that's a uh, great that's fucking a list for list. very different reasons yeah. on some of those. Yeah. And I pitch, <laughs> I, I pitch you guys to rewatch the invitation yes. and to watch cat's eye. Cat's uh, yes, okay. Yeah. okay, we definitely. Now that, that is movie, a double wreck for us. So that movie fucked me up. I I I, I couldn't sleep at all. Uh, like yeah. it 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 ruined me. But <laughs> um, tell my listeners who are uh you know frequently horror movie heads where where can they find you and and learn more and see more and listen to more of what you're doing over there. So we're from Dead Meat, and it's a YouTube channel with a uh, the flagship show is The Kill Count, but it's not just counting kills. It, it talks about all the production and cultural context of the movies. It's yeah. it's basically mini documentaries sometimes on them. We even get depending on on what kind of movie it is. Sometimes we'll even be in contact with the creators themselves, and so we get cool behind the scenes stuff that like no one else has seen or cameos or, for or Host. Uh, we had the the ladies from Host zoom in to to be in a part of it. Um, Oh, I the guy who played yeah the host. I've recommended great. I've recommended so that to good. so many people. It's so good. And I never rare I rarely ever tell people how to watch something, but in case I've said this on previous episodes this year, but if you are planning on watching host Watch it on your laptop with headphones. In the dark. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. so fucking scary. Yeah, it's we, so good. we had uh, Dane, who plays the Predator in Prey on the show. And, oh, uh, awesome. Uh, Leslie Vernon himself from the the Behind the Mask, the rise mm -hmm. of Leslie Vernon. Uh, oh, cool. He, he came to the studios. So the Kill Count is like the flagship show for uh, on YouTube. And then we also have Chelsea's The Dead Meat Podcast. Yeah, we have the podcast. That we, can, we get a lot more into. We'll do like film history kind of the cultural context of horror movies but we also play silly games and it's kind of a grab bag of honestly whatever i feel like doing that yeah and that's that's also on the youtube channel but also audio only where uh anywhere podcasts are but we have the video element on the youtube channel and then we just have a bunch of other stuff on the the channel Lots of interviews with people. I was going to say, we've done some cool interviews. Yeah, I mean, John Carpenter. I was going to say, we interviewed John Carpenter. Jamie Lee Curtis. My fucking like, hero. My, yeah, he's my dude. favorite. My fa we one of my talked favorites. about Sonic the Hedgehog. And... <laughs> yeah, and did Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, he's so cool. <laughs> he loves games. He yeah, loves he weed. Does. And he likes uh, synth music and three things we have in common. And <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China is my favorite movie of all time. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah nice. Yeah, nice. that's a good one. The Thing is my favorite horror movie of all oh, time. Alongside so Scream. Oh, Oh man, the thing is such a fucking great movie. Yeah. I love Kurt Russell in so many ways. It's complex. <laughs> I told in the interview, I can't remember if it made the interview or not. I think it did. I told John Carpenter my favorite movie of his was Starman, and he went, Oh yeah, that's a chick movie. <laughs> that's really funny. I was like, Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I've seen him a few times perform his uh, album. Like, I, uh, I've seen him on Halloween. Three times actually do nice. a, mu a music set, and every time he did the same joke. He's like, "Now this is a movie. This is a song from one of my movies that's considered a romantic comedy, Starman." <laughs> <You know? laughs> so he still has that chick flick energy of that movie. Yeah. Like that's such a funny thing to be like a seventy-year-old man and be like, "Yeah, I made a chick movie once." <laughs> and it's crazy because it's like one of the most beautiful heartfelt movies I've ever seen. I saw for the first time and was weeping. It's like this, it just, I don't know, there's so much genuine love put into that and it's so funny how much of an old guy he is about it. 
because it's very heartfelt. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. So the Dead Meat YouTube channel, Dead Meat Podcast, Kill yes. uh, kill Count. Check all that stuff out, listeners. Um, I know you horror movie freaks are lurking and listening to High and Mighty. <laughs> yeah, so get out freaks. there and chase chase these your fellow freaks down. Yes. As for me, you know I have Action, uh, Action Boys Podcast. And also, next week I'm doing a live High and Mighty Power Hour, the ninth annual at Dynasty Typewriter. And it'll also be live streamed for all my non-LA listeners. And that also, if you want to save money, spoiler alert, will be next week's podcast episode, will be the audio version. But if you want to watch the live stream, please support me. And if you want to come get tickets, come on out and see it live. Uh, and thank you very much, as always. What's what's the date of that? That would be Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve, whatever that is, November 22nd, I believe, 730 cool. at Dynasty. And the live stream will be up for a week after. So watch with your uh, parents on Thanksgiving Day, if you'd like. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it should be absolutely disgusting. Got a great cast lined up. I'll be revealing that on Instagram tomorrow or if you're listening to this on Thursday, you'll have it been revealed yesterday. I time is a flat circle. <laughs> Bye, shitheads. <laughs> That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so fine. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. <laughs> it's actually, it's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. <laughs> no. Somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to, like, see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Well, there's a fantasy component. Yeah. There's some yeah. sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. What? I don't hate them, but I pity the roommate. Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. Action boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now. <laughs>